What do you like better, collecting sports cards or watching sports? Collecting sports cards. I think I think it's uh, basically, I mean, I love, you know, I'm, if I had X dollars, I'm going to actually do an episode on this, but I, if I had X dollars to spend, would I rather buy a card, a, an unopened something or a conglomerate collection? I'd probably pick the collection for the same amount of money. Cause then I'd look through and I'd see, and I wouldn't know what was going on with a box. You have an ex, you have a kind of expectation of what's there with the card. You know exactly what you're getting. So I'm more of a collector in to open up a shoebox and not know what's in it. That's a lot of fun for me. So that's better than watching sports, but I'll go one better to answer your question. Have you had other people answer this question? Not on my podcast. Uh, okay. well, you, you do. Oh, okay. But, but somebody's going to steal my answer maybe, but this is really what I do. And my awesome wife can vouch for this is that I basically do both at the same time. I basically <laughs> when there's sports on, when I'm watching TV and my wife has some interest, you know, she loves the Cowboys and, and some other kind of stuff, but, and the Mavs and stuff. She's a sports fan. But when we're watching TV in our TV room, I'm usually going through a box of cards at the same time because, you know, and I'll pay a lot more attention in the fourth quarter, you know, but, you know, in the, in the game. So I'm, I'm doing cards and watching sports on TV. Now, obviously, if I'm at the Mavs game, I can't really, I'm not collecting cards, but, and I, I love going, and basketball is the only season tickets I've kept and the others I've given up just because it's, but basketball is a lot of fun. It's, it's never bad because you always got Luca and you've always got somebody else from the other team that's, that's worth, well, they're all worth watching. They're amazing athletes. So, uh, yeah, so basically I don't have to choose. I, I do cards and I, when I'm watching sports on TV. And, but if I had to choose one, it's cards. To me, that's the answer as well. But would it surprise you to know that the results have pretty consistently been 50-50? Yeah. And even like some really big collectors who have amazing collections and who love the hobby. When I ask them, what do you like better? You like watching sports or collecting better? They're like, well, I like watching sports better. Because, and they're like, their reasoning seems to be, if there weren't sports and there wouldn't be cards. So therefore, you know, we prioritize sports. Let me give you the, another, uh, the, the analytical, uh, not sociological, but basically it's proportional to the number of, of the size of their collection. If they have a small collection, then they probably would rather watch TV, you know, because it's like fantasy sports. If they have a huge collection like I do, which I unfortunately, just because I got all these cards from when I was, you know, a really active collector and all that stuff. So I've got too many cards. So the more cards you have, the more you have to, you have to spend time with them. But if I had, like we were saying about the Michael Jordan, if I was limited to only Michael Jordan, then there's the limit to how much time you can spend with your cards. But I have, I have hundreds of thousands of cards, you know, and I, I have too many, I'm trying to have less. So I'm organizing the cards. So the more cards you have, the more time you have to spend organizing and don't have a lot of cards unless you enjoy them. So if I if some if I bought a bunch of if I bought a box of cards, I would delight in going through them. So most people wouldn't. They think they'd only look for is there something great in there, and that's a form of collecting. But I I've got some great cards too. But you know, good cards. I like good cards. I like great cards. I I don't like terrible cards. I do have cards that I discard that I give to charity. But but there's a lot of cards that are going to find a home in somebody's collection, and that's why I like Com C because I can just put a kind of a a base card that's still a decent card and, and price it right and let somebody fill in something in their collection. That's good. Indeed. Okay, last question. I ask this question of every guest and I always will going forward. So it's only fair that I ask you as well. I've seen some guests on the show so far impressively maneuver out of this question, but it's, it's just designed to be fun, but I totally get it. If somebody doesn't want to answer, it can be a polarizing topic. So there's no pressure to answer this question. But the question is this. Name one player or athlete who you think is undervalued currently and one player or athlete who is overvalued currently. 
I'm going to answer a little bit differently. I'll, I'll try to stay with basketball because I think that's your favorite thing, because just to narrow it down. But Scottie Pippen has uh, singularly gone from undervalued to overvalued, not in the course of this podcast, but over the course of the last few months. So I think Akeem Olajuwon, if you look at an international hobby, is probably still undervalued, but less so. Charles Barkley, in spite of his, his uh, braggadocia, really could back it up, but I could see that he could still be undervalued. Just because I think that, again, in basketball, you get a bad rap if you were in the, if you played in the 60s and you weren't on the Celtics, or if you played in the 90s and you weren't on the Bulls. So this counting championship rings is not fair because it depends on who your teammates were. So, so let's see, an overvalued guy. Well, I'm going to do an episode about this. And basically, I'm, I've, I've got to study up on some of the basketball analytics, but the basketball players that don't have the ball in their hands, a high percentage of the time may be viewed eventually as overvalued right now, just because the 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 the, the fantasy and the advanced metrics is merging with the hobby to where you know, that's why Trey Young has a good chance, but John Collins not so much. You know, even though physically amazingly talented, you know John Morant, he's gonna they're gonna, they're gonna give him the offense a little bit more. In fact, when he comes back, they might, he he basically could do kind of seemed like he could do what he wanted to, but he was too respectful. So he is very overvalued if he doesn't assert himself in the fourth quarter and say, this is my quarter, give me the ball, clear out of the way, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm able to get into the lane on anybody, and I'm either going to finish or I'm going to dish. And so he could go from being overvalued, he, he could be overvalued if he doesn't say, I own the fourth quarter. So I'm not really answering your questions. Your questions no, are, no, no. are fun great, for you, not necessarily fun for me, but it's okay. Well, the audience loves it too when yeah. people get these answers. No, there's, there's a whole fun. bunch of others. You know, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, again, like you say, the narrative, he, he's the gentle giant, he, not so gentle giant, but he was amazing. He changed the game. In fact, there's, there's not, you know, this. So Penny Hardaway, you know, it's not his fault that he got injured, but he was. He was also amazing, but he was only amazing for five years or whatever. So is he undervalued or overvalued? His narrative is, he, at his peak, he was, he, was, he was absolutely worth the price of admission. 